other morning in my devotions while waiting upon the Lord, praying, seeking Him, reading His Word, I felt God just impress on my heart, stir me to prepare a message on this and to share it with you. And uh, it's one of those prophetic messages where God speaks to a prophet, the prophet Ezekiel, and it's a message, a prophetic message to leadership. Uh, and Ezekiel chapter uh, 34 is what I want to ask you to turn to. And we're going to read it together in a moment. And then we're going to turn to Acts chapter 20, because that was the same. I read Ezekiel 34 and Acts 20 in the devotional time, the same morning. And it's just like God stirred my heart. And I really do believe it's a, a message of importance, a prophetic message in a sense. And uh, I want to try to explain to you afresh what, what I mean by prophetic and, uh, and what I mean by apostolic in a moment. I don't know how many sessions I'll need for this, but I want to cover this as clearly as I can, but succinctly. I don't want to waffle and just talk on and on. I really want to get to the heart and the kernel of what I believe God's trying to say. And so we're just going to read, first of all, just the first few verses, the first four verses of Jeremiah 23. And then I want to ask you a question. And I want you to just stop and think about it. But it's, this is what the Word of God says. The Word of the Lord, Ezekiel 34 now says, The Word of the Lord came to me, and this man was a prophet. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Now that surprised me, because God's always looking for shepherds. God's looking for men and women with a heart like his own, a heart after his own heart like he did with David. And uh, God's looking for shepherds, good shepherds. And yet here yeah, he's telling the prophet to prophesy against the shepherds, and he tells us why. And uh, I'm going to just say this quickly, that these shepherds were shepherds by call, by call, possibly they were shepherds by name, but they were not shepherds by function. And that's why he said prophesy against the, the shepherds. God loves shepherds and is looking for shepherds that will look after his flock. But let's read on. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to the shepherds of Israel, and listen to this, who only take care of themselves. Should not the shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourself with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. Listen to these words. You have not strengthened the weak, or heal the sick, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays, or searched for the lost. You've ruled them harshly and brutally. A question. What is that? What response does that create within you? That God says this to those in possibly one of the highest callings that a man or woman can ever have, to look after, care for God's sheep. What is your response to that? I believe that will tell you a lot about yourself, the state that you're in today, where you are, and what God wants you to do about it. Now, just before we go on and I look at this message, I just want to say this. I want to remind you of what it means to be apostolic prophetic because most churches that relate to us and churches around the world, many of them, believe in an apostolic prophetic model and they claim to be apostolic prophetic. But I want to remind you of what that means. 
add a little more to what I normally say to you. Just I don't want to take too much time on this, but I'll start with being prophetic because it was to this prophet that God gave this message to the leaders of Israel and for us today, God's people, the church. What does it mean to be prophetic? Well, in part, I just want to touch parts of it. To be prophetic has, first of all, hindsight attached to it. it. It has hindsight. In other words, how to understand what God has done in the past and why he did it. And I want to try to prepare a message within the next two or three messages that I prepare on what has God done in the past, the prophetic, looking at what God has restored to the church that was either lost, stolen, and what is most needed I want to try to spend some time on that uh, somewhere soon. But first of all, the prophetic has hindsight. In other words, how to understand what God has done in the, in the past and why, and then giving us some understanding of how that affects us now, today. It carries with it the truth about what he has already restored, the truth that he's restored to the body of Christ which we may not still be walking in today. Secondly, to be prophetic not only has hindsight, but it also has foresight. It foresees the future. It helps us to foresee the future. Part of the, parcel of, part of the reason why God does that, it gives us the prophetic, is for us to see the future to some degree, but also how to understand uh, and help us to avoid future unnecessary problems and to have hope for the future. When we look back, we can become despairing. When we see how some people have fouled it up, messed it up, let us down, how in many areas of the, of the body of Christ, it's become so weak and insipid, has so little life in it, and we can become a little kind of discouraged or, you know, just despairing in a sense. But God gives us foresight, and part of that foresight is to give us hope to show us what he wants to do into the future. It helps us to see what God is up to, what he's doing, and how we can follow him into it, that we become a sign of the season to come, like the book of Acts. In Acts 2.31, it says that David, a prophet, seeing what was ahead, he spoke. That's part of the prophetic, that we become a sign of the season to come, like the book of Acts. Uh, Acts chapter 2 uh, verse 31 is what I quoted there. But when you read through the book of Acts, you see what we could become. Uh, we still today, the church, 2,000 years later, is still looking at the book of Acts and seeing what we could become. People getting saved daily everywhere uh, through the church, like the book of Acts is. Numbers of people getting saved, people being healed, shadows falling on people. Uh, all these wonderful things that are still in the book of Acts that we only see from time to time that God wants us to see more and more of. So it builds up hope in us. That's part of the prophetic. Uh, it's, um, the book of Acts really is history written in advance. And it, uh, it, it's for us who are willing to stand in God's counsel, as Jeremiah 23 verses 16 to 22 tells us. Read that for yourself. Take some time. Keep encouraging people. Read the word of God. It's so important. Read the scriptures when you hear people quote references and not always read the whole portion. Read it for yourself. Be like the noble Bereans. And then also, uh, it's like living in the realities of Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through to 10. 
And that's part of my call, the call of God on my life, right from the beginning, uh, that God knew us and, and formed us and chose us and what we're to do, to build up, to break down, to plant, uh, etc. Read the realities of Jeremiah chapter 1, verses one to, uh, 4 to 10, and also Jeremiah chapter 15. Read these scriptures for yourself, verses 16 through to 21. I, I just wish we had a chance, maybe two or three sessions later, uh, maybe I'll, when I touch on God's restoration program, we can read these scriptures together. But also Isaiah 49, verses 1, to, and th through 1, 2, and 3. So it lives living in the realities of those, but also in the challenge and the tension of perpetual ongoing change as the Spirit of God is poured out upon us, poured over us, in us, and then works through us to the people of God. In other words, the Matthew 9, 17, new wine into new wineskins. This is all part and parcel of what the prophetic is. It gives us hindsight, it gives us foresight, but it also gives us insight insight. In other words, it helps us to understand what needs to be done or change in order to become more effective, fruitful, influential, impacting in doing God's will. Something like the sons of Issachar. In 1 Chronicles 12, 32, it says there that they, the sons of Issachar understood the times and knew what to do. So to be prophetic is also, it involves insight so that we know what to do. We understand it and we can become more and more effective and fruitful, influential and impacting in doing God's will. So that's part and parcel of what we mean when we're talking about being prophetic. But now just to touch the apostolic as well, because there's a, there's a sense in which Ezekiel 34 is also talking about the apostolic and so we'll see that in a moment. But apostolic, if you'd read Romans chapter 1, maybe I could read it with you, Romans chapter 1, and picking up in verse 5, it's just that important that we, we actually see this. Romans chapter 1, verse 5, oh, verse 1, verse 5, sorry, Romans 1, verses 5 and 6, it says this, Through him, Jesus... And for his name's sake, we receive grace and apostleship. And then it talks about the apostleship to call God's people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And you also are among those who are, who are called to belong to Jesus. So the apostolic... Read Romans 1, 5 and 6 again for yourself and let that speak into your heart. But it also is the Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through to 20. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples of all nations, all nations apostolic. So, and you can read Acts chapter 14, verses 21 to 28. You'll see how that function works through Paul and uh, other apostles. It's like Acts 14, 21 is to me is like a little condensed version of what the apostolic is, in a sense, the whole of the book of Acts. So let me just try to break that down a little. It means going. To be apostolic, the word apostolos is a sent one, to go, not just to gather. Going, not just gathering. 
being a base, becoming a base from which God can reach the nations, to reach the whole world. It means while this is similar, not only going and not just gathering, it means sending and not just staying. In other words, we send people. Not only do we go, but we send people, our people. We send them on short term and we send them on long term and we send them sometimes on life term excursions into the nations. Even through the local church, leaders and members, not just leaders. It also means not only going and not just gathering, sending and not just staying, but it also means giving and not just getting using all of our resources, our people, our finances, the buildings, everything God gives to us, makes available to us, using it all, giving it for the reaching of the lust, nations and nations and nations and nations and nations until Jesus comes back. In other words, too, it's, it's, we, we need to use everything for evangelism and for church planting. And for raising up church planters, training them, equipping them, sending them. It also means, if we're going to be apostolic, that we acknowledge, receive, work with, gifted, translocal team ministry, working into the existing churches and helping them to plant new churches and to raise up new uh, church planters, keeping the wider implications of our call in perspective, the wider one. The apostolic helps the church to see that when they come in, working together, the local and the translocal, at every level, as you see in Acts chapter 14, verses 21 and 28, caring also for those that God has entrusted to us in the home base. So doing that out there, but caring for those in, in at home base. Now, having said that, I want us to read... Acts chapter 21, Acts, Acts chapter 20, um, which was the other part of my devotions that morning. And Paul speaking to the elders at, from Ephesus while he was in Miletus when he called for them. It says this in the 17th verse. I keep reading these scriptures because they are so important. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. And when they arrived, he said to them, you know how I have lived the whole time I was with you. Now, think of the Ezekiel prophecy to the leaders, where Ezekiel is saying, you've not cared for the sheep. You've conned them. You've ripped them off. You've used them. You've abused them. We'll come back to all of that. He says, you know how I have lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would help, be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly, big gatherings, and from house to house, small gatherings. I have declared to both Jew and Greek that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. I want to read, just go to 20, verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race 
and complete the task the Lord has given to me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom, preaching the kingdom, preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men. Isn't this so different to the Ezekiel, what the prophet was had, had to say to the leaders there? I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole counsel of God. And so he says this, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, episcopos. Be poimine, be shepherds. Woe to the shepherds in Ezekiel 34. Encouragement to be, be shepherds of the church of God, which he has bought with his own blood. They belong to him. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I've never stopped warning each of you, night and day, with tears. And so you could read on, but time doesn't allow us to. So, what a difference. Another little question. I wonder, for my life, and you could ask for your life, where do I stand? The Ezekiel 34 and what Paul is saying in Acts chapter 20. So important. All of these scriptures reveal a lot about how God feels about his people, Israel and the church, what he wants us to avoid and what he wants us to do. And so I want to just highlight some of those things we need to avoid and some of those things we need to, to be involved in and embrace. Essentials, truths. And I want to do this just for a short little while and hope that you will respond from the heart to the truth that I share with you. Remember this important truth, though, because you could become discouraged. None of us is perfect. But remember this, that what God is inviting us and asks us to do, he's already done for us. And he will continually do for us, even beyond what we can do. He's our great shepherd. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. He restores our soul. Even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for he is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. He even prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Our cups run over, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Think about that song. All that God has done for us, being the good shepherd. Jesus said in John 10, chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. You can read those uh, first 18 verses for yourself. But how he lays his life down for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Just read it for yourself. Now back to Ezekiel 34. It, tells, it, starts off by, it starts by God telling the prophet to prophesy against the shepherds. I want to emphasize this again. That's a strange thing to do because God is looking for shepherds. But why? Because what I said earlier on, because they had the name shepherd or leader 
but they did not function. They did not do that. They did not care for what for God's people. They enjoyed all the privileges, but not the responsibilities. They had somehow, somewhere, lost what that really meant, their true calling. And I wonder if for some of us that hasn't happened, not only us as an individual, but even in our, in our, in our pastoral teams, if somewhere something of that dynamic call of God hasn't got lost. And, and God wants to encourage us to come back and understand what the call is and get back to it because he wants to use us and make our churches so impacting and influential and fruitful, effective. So, some of the things we are to avoid, we pick up in Ezekiel 34 and from verse 2. I'm going to give you five little things here and then close this message off and pick up and talk a little bit about that and then things God wants us to do, how we can become prophetic. You see, when we preach, all of our preaching, all of our pastoral uh, pastoring should have a prophetic edge to it. And I want to try to cover a little in the next session or the one after that of how to become prophetic in, in our preaching, in our pastoring, in our lives. But I'll give you these five little things that God wants us to avoid. First one is exploitation. In other words, using the sheep for our own advantage. The second one is neglect, that we should not neglect them, not fulfill what God has called us to do and to be towards his flock. The third one is um, abuse, abusing them, ruling them harshly. The fourth one is not protecting them, providing them with protection. I want to share with you how, from God's word, we can protect God's sheep. And then fifthly, we've got to avoid scattering the sheep. And I want to share some things and insights into that that I hope will help you and be a blessing to you. I just wish I could finish more in this first session. But you know what it's like when you're preaching. There's so much that drops into your heart. When you, especially when you speak preaching and you want to be prophetic and pick up what God's saying, you, you, you sometimes want to stay on a point, but I just have to move on. But now I'm going to ask you, Father, will you just bless these people? Just bow your heads and let God do this. God bless us, your people. Make us good shepherds. And even those that are not called by office and function, officially, that may be listening to these messages, that you would help us also to become prophetic in every aspect of our lives, even as we too care for the sheep. Help us to avoid these things that you have laid out in your, your, your word through the prophets and that we see consistently taught through your word. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, be glorified, be magnified, be honoured, be exalted and extolled, held in the highest esteem by our lives and by our words. Amen. God bless you.